Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC After Hours for HBO's The Last of Us. Hope you're all doing well. Um, we kicked off our series last week with episode one. Today, we're going to be talking about episode two, Infected, uh, which just aired a couple days ago. Uh, we got a couple new faces on the podcast this week. Uh, returning is our, our good friend Justin from SDGC, and uh, John's out today, but we've got, um, you all know Brittany from our, our podcast as well, and we've also got our very special guest and uh, Game Awards expert, uh, Sam Tolbert. So <laughs> how are you all doing tonight? Good. I'm a, I'm a good replacement for John. Agreed. It's an upgrade. <laughs> you yeah. are 100%. I, I fully endorse the move. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's been two episodes now. Uh, Brittany and Sam, we'll start with Brittany first. You guys weren't on the show last week, so I'm curious, uh, let's just do a little bit of catch up. What's your uh, broad impressions or overall thoughts on the show so far? What it, what it's done well, what, what maybe you wanted it to do better, or, or just, you know, how are you liking it? Um, I am really enjoying the scenery. Um, it's just a, just an overall super incredible adaption um of the show like i've never watched um you know some like a video game being transferred to the big screen as well as this has i think um simply because when when they're you know the city looks great right like we can all agree that the city looks phenomenal but even like the setup inside of everything just feels like I can, like, when I look at it, I can remember certain parts of the game, right? So it's, like, helping remind me, like, oh, yeah, we're about to go here. We're about to do this. Or um, this is about to happen. And it's just, like, if you've played the game, the scene alone tells a story. And that's mm-hmm. what I fucking love so far. Um, you know, for new people, I'm sure it's great just because, you know, it's like a new zombie show. And um, it's fun to watch. But it's, it's also fun that they're kind of giving you know, the original lovers of the series, like a little nod with the environment because it just, I don't know, it just feels personal and it just feels like, you know, like you know it. So that's, that's been my biggest thing I love about it so far. How are you, Sam? Yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, I would agree with Britt. I think the first episode was fantastic overall. They really nailed the pacing. But like any good adaption, I mean, a video game can't be the same as a TV show, which can't be the same as a video game. They are making small changes where they need to, and I like that. I like seeing more of, you know, the day before all the, you know, all the crap hits mm-hmm. the fan and all that. I really liked them playing around with the mood, like the truck that crashes into you in the game that actually misses, but then it's shrapnel from a piece of aircraft, you know, that goes mm-hmm. flying off from the plane crash lands. Um, th- th- that was really cool. And I mean, the casting is superb. That feels like an obvious thing to say, but just Bella Ramsey is Ellie, yeah. Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. as Joel. Um, everyone has been on point. I, I like seeing more of Sarah as well, since our time with Sarah is so short. And it's, it was still short here, but like getting to see more of her mm-hmm. daily life and more of her bond with her dad. That was really cool. She was so cute. I, I really liked it. I like seeing Joel as a smuggler. You know, that's something that's very informed in the game is we don't actually see him doing any of that. But here we see him wheeling and dealing in the Boston DM z which i thought was um really cool let me see what else there was i'm not sure broadly about him being in closer contact with tommy in this version simply because i i'm not sure about him having more of a reason to go out west but i'll, I'll hold my tongue on that uh, as the next mm-hmm. few episodes unfold it's just it's yeah, just something D- that was on the show last week and he, he mentioned something similar it's not like a 
a deal breaker, but it, it's it is like it, it's kind of the jury's out on like how it's going to affect his motivations and stuff like that. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, I agree we're, with that. we're not going to we're not going to really know how that pans out until like yeah. several more episodes in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Uh, I mean, the, I think the great thing about episode two, Sam, you just mentioned the great cast. The, the one. Not necessarily, I mean, you know, it's a necessity the way the story plays out, but we didn't get a lot of time with Ellie uh, in the first episode. And I think this was, uh, we really finally got to spend some time and it really starts to establish the dynamic between her and Joel. But um, before we get to that, I think like, you know, we'll just kind of start at the beginning of the episode. I complain, I didn't complain last week. I thought tonally the like pre-title card bit in episode one with the interview, the like the telecast was a little weird. It just like... It wasn't super serious, but it was like serious subject matter. I just thought it was a little bit, um, it felt a bit out of place in the rest of the episode. I think this uh, intro was super tense and super creepy. It was so good. Like, it was so holy good. Fuck. I, I adored the opening of, of so this episode for a few reasons. One, like, it's the sort of thing that, you know, it's not going to work with how the game plays out, but it gives us some more backstory, and it doesn't really necessarily contradict the game and stuff, like, giving us, like, some context on, like, you know, the infection spread through, like, uh, like, a yeast uh, (laughs) issue that got out into food and stuff like that, like, all that was really cool, but, like, I also really appreciated finally seeing something outside of the U.S. um, related Mm -hmm. to the outbreak, like, the entire series... In the games, there's you have no insight into anything outside of the U.S. Um, so it was really cool to finally see, you know, that there's oh, there's the rest of the world as well. It's not just America. This this probably isn't important, but the little Easter egg in Uncharted Three with the outbreak in the newspaper clipping did it have a location mentioned there? I don't think if so. I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, and it's been a long, bloody time since I played Uncharted 3, so bear with me, it didn't have a location. It just said, like, scientist baffled by mysterious fungus okay. spread or something like I, that. In my head, I thought maybe it was Indonesia, but... Um, so, I don't know. Did you guys talk about, like, the Easter eggs of the first episode, including the flower, last time? Uh, not really in detail, I don't think. If it, go Go for it. So, um, so after the first episode, you know, it was, uh, it was presumed that, you know, the flower was doing everything. Um, and then you notice in the episode, there are things that, uh, either were supposed to happen or didn't happen, uh, that they had talked about, like, um, in the morning, Sarah was going to make pancakes and they, she didn't have time to do it. Uh, when they go outside, they offer her, you know, they offer both her and Joel a biscuit, uh, the neighbors do which she doesn't take when she goes over to yeah. the neighbor's house they're baking cookies she does not have a cookie yeah oh, i like it and joel makes then. reference to being on At- the atkins diet which i thought at first was just like oh this was a very 2003 thing to reference yeah but it actually it actually together it well, actually and, works and then joel forgot to bring home the cake yeah. And, um, you know, just like hearing about all that speculation and then having this be the opener, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, poof, like, wow, that's fucking crazy. You know, like things could have went so much differently had things just fallen into place. You know, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, no, that that's really clever. And that that puts that in good perspective as well. Um I think the yeah I just think the thing I loved about the the opening scene mostly was that um it's very I think like you get the prologue in the game very early on but 
it's a very different world after that. And I don't know if this will keep being a recurring thing, but it's it's very powerful in the way it grounds it in reality when, you know, not not that the series or the, the game isn't grounded to begin with, but um, it really brings you back to like kind of a more recognizable reality and makes it a little bit more chilling, uh, kind of having that parallel between our world and the world that Ellie and Joel inhabit. Absolutely. Um, the, perfor- the performance of that, of like uh, the professor in in that, that opening mm-hmm. scene was so good too. Like I... It was just such a such a tense, tight scene. Like I, I loved it. Like just the fact that she was like bomb. That's all you like, and you can like that's the only word you understand out of that whole fucking dialogue sequence. It, it just right? sells the it's gravity like, of the situation, yeah, really. Yeah, just bomb. Just like she's like all you can do is bomb, and you know, she's she's been exposed technically because, uh, you know, she walked into that area and and. You know, everybody living in that area was exposed. So she was like, I just want to go home with my family. And it was just like a fuck moment, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess the the beginning of the episode then, like, it's an episode where I thought the episode was great. I actually liked it more than the first one. I wonder if it's because it was like 30 minutes shorter. The first episode was very good, but I uh, I think this maybe fits kind of the format and, and the length a bit better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mostly it was just. Like it was just them uh, traversing the city for for the majority of the runtime, but uh, I think pretty early on, one of my favorite bits, and I, I think Britt kind of mentioned to this too, is this the city? And um, I not to keep bringing it up, but it, the show was filmed here, and it's uh, I just have to remark on the that's right. I, for, I, for, I I I, well, I love every comment that you've made about it being it's, filmed it, in the city. It, it honestly kind of sucks sometimes. It really takes me like. There's some times where they do a really good job and it's not even rec- like I can't even recognize it. But like the opening when they step outside, it's literally the place that I park at to go to the dentist, like one of the big towers. And I was like, amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. But it, it's so like. That's uh, that, crazy. I actually didn't know that. So I'm glad you brought it up again. Yeah. But it honestly, so some are like it's very one to one with like the cityscape and they've clearly just like apocalypse the buildings. But some I don't even know how they did it. There's a shot of a real bridge here. But the landscape around the bridge is not even recognizable. They've either added hills or like, like, it's not just like adding a bit of foliage and stuff like that. Or like there's parts where in a single frame, they've taken two unconnected parts of the city and combined them. I don't know how they did it. But um, where I was going with that is I think one of my favorite bits early on in the episode is you really get that like, I don't want to call it the Breath of the Wild moment. But like when they step outside into the city, I thought they did a really good job. Um, imposing like the scale of like I guess the devastation, but just the the scope of the world, um, yeah, and kind of the beauty of it, I guess too, because that's always been a thing with The Last of Us. Like, it's like that contrast between the horror and um, the grimness, and, and some of like that natural, um, yeah, the natural beauty always kind of finding a way through. A, a well, persistent I, I, theme. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Britt. No, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to say very quickly on that. It's, I mean, it's art direction, right? Naughty Dog is great with art direction. They they know what they're doing when it comes to that. They have some of the best. And the show has really captured that because The Last of Us has always had this persistent theme of the world isn't ending. Humanity is on its last ropes. There's mm-hmm. a big difference. The world is going on around you with all the different animals, wildlife, uh, nature is reclaiming everything. And so, yeah, like they they really sold that in that uh, in those couple of shots. And just to add to that, what I was going to say is that the storytelling is um, 
you know, great in the sense that like we've we've all played the game, like we know the story, we know what's happening, uh, we know what's gonna happen. But as like watching it and just kind of like putting on the cap of somebody who hasn't watched it, the way they just seamlessly like like put in the details of the game and the city, like um, like the bombing, you know, they had the big crater in the ground and, you know, that's why all the fucking buildings are tilted over and shit, you know, it's like they tried to bomb fucking everywhere and it, you know, helped, but it didn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, that's one thing that I did notice was just how good and, um, very organic the storytelling was of, just the universe. I do wish I had more people to talk to about the show that, you know, aren't familiar with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, because like one thing for me and and this is all this is just a me issue, you know, I've played the game ten times or whatever. Um, and I'm probably going to jump back in to finish up all the collectibles in part one again because I'm watching the show and I'm thinking about it. <laughs> like, um, is like sometimes it can feel a little jarring for me when they're like having a conversation and it's mostly new dialogue. And then all of a sudden one or two lines like exactly from the game are in there or yeah, something. Both- and that's that's purely just a I'm familiar with the source material thing. Like, I want to know how some of this stuff plays to an audience that isn't familiar with, with, you know, the game. I think that's the other thing. And, um, Britt and Sam, we, we kind of all mentioned that in the first one, there's some lines that are in the game that are just so good. You'd expect them to be included in the show. Um, but I think in general, we were all like a little bit like they are lifting a lot of dialogue directly from it. And I think it's obviously Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor, um, but sometimes you just can't improve upon, like, I, I don't know, in some, there's one in this episode, I'm trying to remember the line, um, I think it's either something he says to Ellie or something he says to Tess, but when you're getting the exact same line delivered by a different actor, it's just, of course, going to hit a little bit different, and it's not always, like, a fair comparison, because I, I think, you know, totally not the same thing, but it, it's, like, the Crisis Core, Brit, I know you were talking about, like, the new Zach VA, um, and it, it's just, like, it's just different and it's le- it's way it's less noticeable it's, and it's, it's way less bad, noticeable when but... it's new dialogue for me yeah. at least it's a lot easier to accept when it's the same line um and it's not like it's just a different voice like the the inflection um and the emphasis yeah. on on certain parts is different it's just like oh that's the same and, but not the well, same it's just weird. yeah because sometimes it's like a line that's lifted from a conversation that was different in the game mm-hmm. and then put into a different conversation um you know, like I, we'll get to the, the, the end of the episode later, but I think like in the Capitol building, it's just like, I think in the game, it's like, it is over, Tess. And in this one, it's like, no, Tess, it's over. Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. but and like, I feel like I feel like it might have been a bit more obvious in this episode in particular, because this episode was directed by Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously, he's going to put a lot of the game stuff in the episode he directs. Yeah, no, but like to to uh, Jeff's point there, like I think most of it I was perfectly fine within the first episode, but there is just one, and this is a me thing because I've played the game, you know, a half dozen times, and like Justin, I'm gonna dive into part one now because I've got the game on my mind <laughs> because I'm watching the show and all that. But but in the uh, in the first episode when Joel is on the couch and he says, "I'm sure you'll figure that out," I love his 
uh, delivery of that line in the game. So when Pedro yes, kind of I was gonna bring that rolls up through it very quickly, I'm like, no, yeah. no, like there's supposed to be more sarcasm in that line. It is supposed to be, and I you're supposed sure. to draw it out a little bit. Like, yeah, I am yeah. sure you will figure that. Yeah, I know what you, I know exactly it, what you mean. It, it's it's 100 a me thing and us thing, but it does bug me. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that it was kind of fun though that this episode, this episode put so many of like the little like naughty dog navigating and just like tropes and stuff throughout it like you had you we had a boost uh in this episode we had the you know wait while somebody goes unlocks the door we had you know um uh wooden beams falling down behind you when you go through the door like it, it was funny to see so many of those things like actually make it over into the episode i, I have uh, i'm waiting for this that- Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't know if someone's done it yet, but when Joel moves the big cabinet, I wanted someone to just put a triangle prompt on that screen cap. <laughs> I loved the Ellie scene where she was like, I can't swim. And he's like, really? And it's just like, you know, up to his knees or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, scene, um, that scene was fun, too, because like, um, like, because I mean, that scene wasn't isn't in Boston. Like that scene in the game was from Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, that's the hotel, in Boston. Right? But like, because I remember as soon as they showed that area, I'm like, this looks like the, you know, the Pittsburgh hotel. But then I'm like, oh, it literally was. But they just moved it around, and I like that they're doing that with some yeah. of the things because it keeps some of these like iconic areas. And they even had some like you know Ellie playing with the you know, uh, the the bell to buzz in and everything. And just the look of that room is one that I always remember. And it's cool to see that. You know, it made it into the game, but it was also in a place that I wasn't expecting it, and it was surprising and fun. And also, it had a frog on a piano, which is great. Amazing frog on frog on piano, ten out of ten, best supporting actor, uh, no question. But but you're right, Justin. You're absolutely right. In trimming it in that way, I would say makes sense because not to get too far ahead, but like summer is really long. The summer section of of the game is, like, the longest by far. It makes sense to kind of trim down Pittsburgh or what will become Pittsburgh. Well, in the, have they said in the show it's not even Pittsburgh, right? Like, they've cut that and it's a different city kind of in its place. Is it, is it Kansas City? We know Kansas City is going – like, they filmed some stuff in Kansas City. Okay. And they've made some reference to it, but I don't know if it's they were just filming there yeah. um, or if, you know, they changed some stuff to be in Kansas City. I'm, I'm not really 100% sure. Um I know that change would make sense to me just like because mm-hmm. going from Boston to Pittsburgh and then all <laughs> all the way to Wyoming in Nothing that jump is, is a lot. Well, Pittsburgh is just like a bit of a slog of just like hunter combat. Like we don't need yeah. three episodes of Ellie right. and Joel stopping. And like we've, some... we've seen that we've seen like the truck and stuff. They, yeah. they just need the truck. They do yeah. the truck. And I really th- I think that section's basically just going to be you know, on the truck stuff. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's later episodes but like it i think it's cool that they're kind of pulling pieces from the game as a whole and kind of working them in um different areas so one thing like just to kind of bounce off that one thing that we have to talk about is the clickers um i was going so the just real quick there's i think the next piece one really important one i think is the the horde dynamic and the tendrils the way that changes um, that I want to push that a little bit later in the episode, uh, just because yeah, that I think that's gonna with, that's gonna that ties in with what, what happens to, the ending and yeah stuff. with Tess. Um, so let's talk about the museum and sorry, Britt, go ahead because I yeah like the museum and the clickers 
what were your thoughts on that? Because I think it was really well done. Um, so my thoughts on that were it was fucking scary, first off. But the best fucking part of that moment, and I think so many people are going to agree with me, is Joel reloading his weapon, right? Like, that, you that don't was think the, about that in the game. Yeah. You don't fucking no, think about but that, was that a, in the game. That was a reference to the original reveal trailer. The original reveal trailer of the game has Joel and Ellie up against the wall, holding their breath as he's slowly reloading his revolver. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I never saw the original trailer. Yeah, so like, it, was, it was a callback. I love that. I loved it. It was a callback to the original reveal of the game. And I think it was just a nice little, like, mm-hmm. you know, because we watch all these adaptions of movies, you know, games into movies, and, you know, our favorite uh, medias into movies and things like that. And it's always just unrealistic, right? And it's like, you don't think about when you're playing the game, like, oh, like reloading would be really fucking loud you know or um not that i ever tried to fucking shoot at a clicker uh that's that's shiv baby time but because um, if you if you play on the harder difficulties you don't have any bullets to reload that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, um, or any shivs uh. yeah but um yeah that that scene was just uh phenomenal to me and like I, when I watch shows, I really like, you know, the drama and the dialogue. I don't really like the fighting scenes, but that one just felt really good um, because, you know, it didn't feel scripted. It just felt mm-hmm. organic. Well, I'm going to use that word again. It just felt organic uh, and natural. And one thing that I didn't know that I figured out at the end is that the people who did the motion capture for the clickers actually played the clickers in the show. That so, rules. That's awesome. Yeah, so it looks... So if it looks they, they so move. fucking similar, they that's, move like that, the clickers, yeah. and the, the, they nail yeah, the sound because they are, and and the practical yep. effects on on them were great. Were um, great. I really appreciate that they actually you know did that well um, instead mm-hmm. of just going like pure CG. Obviously, it's probably CG enhanced um, stuff, but like instead of just doing pure CG um, and everything, like, and I, I think that that was a great example of how. I think just a way the fighting in Last of Us is translates well to like, you know, a TV setting um, with it being, you know, smaller scale and more intimate kind of thing. Like you're obviously not going to have the same number of encounters as you do over the course of the game, but like it, fe- it feels natural and it works. Um, it doesn't feel like all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's going to be this big tonal shift action scene kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, one part I loved, I don't, Maybe it wasn't deliberate, maybe it was coincidence, but um, when Joel and Ellie are kind of sneaking around one of the glass display display cabinets and there's a clicker on the other side um, and he kind of jumps over it, it was, I got the same vibes, and this is a flattering comparison to the the scene in Jurassic Park with the raptors in the kitchen when the kids uh, are sneaking around. And I think, I I can't think of a better compliment than to call a scene Spielbergian. but it like that sense of tension and that sense of like cat and mouse hunted and prey, uh, just the way it was shot and framed and, and kind of choreographed, it, it felt really similar in in the best way. Um, I, I just loved everything about that whole sequence, I think. Yeah, it was just really good. It was really well done. And um, 
you know, it just is one of those things where you can enjoy either way, right? Like, if you haven't played the games, that shit's probably fucking terrifying. And once again, they did a good job. Mm -hmm. Like, Ellie, like, for new people, Ellie is kind of like the character they probably most relate to. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, they explain everything to Ellie. And so, you know, Ellie's kind of like, you know, and that's the theme throughout the whole fucking show is that they're teaching her about the world outside, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, But going back to the clickers, like... It was just really well done. I just felt like they they did such an honor to the clickers because I th- think in the last few years or the last decade, that is one of the most uh, known and beloved uh, little critters in video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, little critters? Just, yeah, little, little critters. Little critters. Little <laughs> You know, just the, the 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 monsters. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I I'd, I'd say they're up there with like Silent Hill nurses. You know, they're just that iconic. So just to see that come to life and done so well was just really cool. Sam, did you have any extra takes on that section before we? I, I think I agree with basically everything y'all said. Uh, th- this is a stupid small little thing, but like the filmmaker side of my brain appreciates how that scene was shot. Not only the Spielberg mm-hmm. reference, which you called out, which was perfect, uh, with, like the Velociraptor scene, kind of comparing it to that, but also just the way the scene is tied together. It, it goes in a full yeah. loop. It's a full circle. The group comes in together and Joel gets disarmed from his assault rifle. The scene ends with them the moment they come back together and he picks the rifle back up. It's a small thing, but it scratches uh, the filmmaking side of my brain well, the right and also, way. Also, for, you know, a big game fan, the layout of that space is extremely similar to what it oh, was in the game. Well, even, that, yeah, that's even, what I said. Even the, location, even the location of the clickers within that area is similar to how it was in the game. Like, that, <laughs> that like, floored me that it was that close. <laughs> to yeah. that sequence i i chuckled when they when they exit and they pull out a little roll of tape to to tape up um tessa's ankle because <laughs> i i can just pay I, I heard the same sound from the game when you're kind of uh <laughs> crafting something with the tape uh so I, I like i thought that was a nice reference um so i guess the next one we're, we're getting closer to to getting to the end um, but the big thing they kind of introduce in this, which really changes, I think, the dynamic uh, of the whole way that the infected function um, is it's like almost like a hive mind connected by these fungal tendrils. Uh, and it seems like it can, I believe, I don't know if they said it outright, it seems like it can travel across a city, across kilometers. It's It spreads to underground. It connects them all physically um and there, there's some good visual cues to that when, when they step on one um and others awaken in another part of the city and it really uh i think elevates the danger to all of them where it's not just the two clickers in the room it's like at any time the whole world could could be out to kill you um right and uh i know they got rid of the spores in favor of this i think this was a really positive change that that really just elevates that tension well, so I read that they had did um, the scene like this, um, you know, like, obviously, um, it all connects with the ending of the episode, um, but the director, um, or I know Neil did this episode, but um, one of the showrunners was basically like, Amazing. you know, um, I don't think that the... Um, the military people would chase these people out that far, you know, like, mm-hmm. c- 
because it you know in in the episode you see that um they all travel pretty far and it takes like the whole episode to the point where it's like almost night out and you know the the guy was like it didn't make sense for the military to show up Mm -hmm. that far out you know you like you would think if somebody escaped outside of a you know confined area where you are technically safe like you just consider them dead right yeah like Um, who cares let them go they're dead in like a day right so that's that's why they actually changed that and made it so the spores were a thing um instead of having the military come in um and do the whole last scene because it just didn't it felt more believable that Mm -hmm. this is what they'd be attacked with and this is what they would be uh confronting rather than you know this this military going out of their way to search for these three people who you know just left that you know because they don't know about mm-hmm. Ellie's condition and that kind of shit so it just I thought it was a really cool addition um, and I thought it it was um it made sense to me too I never really thought about it that way but w- you know when mm-hmm. when it was spoken I was like oh yeah that that makes sense so I, go ahead go, go ahead Sam you know Sam you go ahead. Alright, so I gotta be real here. I'm not the biggest fan of this change in total. The the way they function now is like a psychic tendril connected horde. I, I, I'm not gonna say like it can't work or anything in TV. It, de- it definitely gives more of a reason, right, in, in a TV adaption mm-hmm. for them to avoid combat entirely. I totally see that side of it. That makes perfect sense. But I do think it makes it a little weird that anyone can still be alive at all if you so much as step on something and then hundreds of them are going to be barreling after you i i Mm -hmm. I don't know and also i thought okay i guess that's why they showed that like you can at least like kill the the tendrils or they can die off yeah i mean okay that's a fair point that that is a fair point but still uh i don't know this is part of a larger conversation i'm waiting to see how it plays out over the entirety of the show but like i liked the spores as like a visual shorthand for so many things especially as it relates to ellie as a character and some of the Mm -hmm. situations she ends up in so i I don't know i'm not the biggest fan but i'll wait to see how it plays out uh over the rest of it i will say i I think covid had impacted that right because this game came out before we had a pandemic mm-hmm. um and then you know and then part two came out what a few months into it yeah, yeah so i mean like i th- i i think they went with that change because you know everybody witnessed how fast that shit spread you know and it just mm-hmm. you know so having something like that airborne like everybody knew the consequence of that it was just you know it just it, to them, for the way they explained it, it just made more sense, or not more sense. It just it just fit, I guess, the narrative better to kind of like implement that. You know, all the, the all the, the people tendrils. in the QZ are wearing their gas masks under their nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, but that that's my personal take on it. I think that's why they did the way we, they did because of that. Yeah, I I know. I, I I'm also like Sam. I'm kind of waiting to see because like. Not so much for this first season, but, like, a lot of stuff in part two revolves around, you know, people wearing gas masks and Ellie not having to and stuff like that. So, like, I'm curious as to how they'll change that up. But, like, I'm not really a fan of how they're handling the runners in general, Um, like, and turning them into kind of, like, these big, like... Not not on the same level, but like almost I am legend style hordes and stuff days like that. Days gone is what I thought of. Yeah, yeah, definitely it, feel, it yeah. feels like days gone. And like they're also showing that they're like more like 
you know, more mutated and stuff than just the clickers. They feel like, more generic zombie than yeah. Like, they, they really in the game they just felt like people that were infected. They, like, they, they felt like sick in the people yeah. in, in in the game. Um, and then the clickers and like other types felt more dangerous. And like it almost feels like the runners are more dangerous than the clickers in the show. Because <laughs> um, obviously, like the one hit kill you know mechanic mm-hmm. doesn't translate over and stuff. So, I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of torn on that because, like, it makes this more of, like, a pure zombie show um, than I think the games are. Like, even mm-hmm. though, obviously, you know, the, the, the stuff plays a role. I don't know. It's just, like, I think the tendrils are kind of a cool visual, but, like, they haven't really done enough to really justify their existence. And, like, I don't know. I'm not as much of a fan of how they're handling the runners. Um I don't know. Yeah, it, it just I, fe- it, wish... it feels more like a different series is kind of finding their way, and in a way, it almost feels like the opposite of what would usually happen. It feels like almost the game's take is like what usually happens when going from like a game to screen, and even like the whole if you step on it, they all know where you are. That feels like a video game mechanic, but yeah. that's it actually really not the about. mechanic from the game. <laughs> Um, I don't know. So I, I am kind of, t- uh, torn on that. And then that's also why I'm especially torn with, you know, the ending of this episode, which we're, I, I assume we're going to get to pretty quickly. Yeah. I think Britt, you were going to say something here and maybe you could take us into the, the kind of the, the ending in the Capitol building and, and what happens to Tess. Yeah. So, um, basically what I was going to say is I, you know, I, I agree in that sense. I wish that the runners, um, you know, because in the whole scene when you're going through um, the hotel and everything, like, you encounter runners and, you know, that's when you're doing your sneaking. Um, so I was really looking forward to seeing um, how they did that and, like, making it less of a survival show and the fact that we're just going to pew pew shoot everything and them just, like, sneaking, right? Like, choose your battles, right? Uh, I think that's a big, big lesson in The Last of Us. Um, so I was hoping that they'd translate that over to the show a little bit more uh, with the runners, but um, we haven't really got that. So I'm hoping in the future there's more of that. There's more just sneaking and not just, mm-hmm. you know, action scenes to have action scenes, you know, um, or just, you know, every encounter is going to be a gun encounter or a knife fight, you know, like I would love to see just like them in a big room and seeing a bunch of them and like a lot of like things to maneuver past them you know because i feel like that's a big part of the game mm-hmm. um was sneaking but um i will say that that being said um transitioning to the end you know we we're talking about the spores and you know how they transition to the um the little you know growing bits out of the mouth and everything uh so at the so in the, in the i'm sorry hold on okay so in the show um you know we find out that Tess gets bit and there is um you know there's a big theme of i i think this episode focuses on je- uh uh on Tess and I almost said Jess on Tess and Joel um big time um because of they were like setting up the ending right they were kind of like establishing what their relationship was or wasn't um and you know you do find out that Tess gets bit which happens in the game um but you know 
we they then there's the scene where you know the big horde of zombies uh or the runners come in and they're all running past Tess and I was like all right well that's actually really cool because she's infected um you know it's it it's something you don't really think about uh somebody like getting yeah, bit you, you're and probably not thinking like noticed. I did like they know she's infected yeah right and then so when she's like lighting that you know she's trying to light a match so she can blow up the building so Joel Joel and Ellie can escape and or the lighter um then one turns towards her and walks over to her and proceeds to open his mouth and kiss her with his his, his bits what, what do we call them those tendrils. Uh, tendrils tendrils thank you um and, and at it was first, not consensual, I assume. Well, I don't think it was. Um, but um, at first I thought like, well, maybe he's trying to infect her. But then it was like, well, that conflicts with, you know, the whole scene of them just running past her. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe he was trying to like speed up the process. So initially I was very like, huh, well, that's weird, you know. And then, you know, of course, drop and then boom. And then the more I sat with it, the more it just made me uh, really fucking uncomfortable. Uh, because in the game, Tess had this really big standoff uh, with uh, the military. And, um, well, not like a huge standoff, but she had a standoff against the military. And she went out in a cool way, right? Like, she got shot. She, you know, used her life to help them escape and they kind of set it up for that in this ending and then it just that kiss just really felt unnecessary um i i wasn't sure there was still a lot of tension even without it and i actually feel like that kind of broke the tension up um yeah for me it, it felt like one it felt like kind of like a hackneyed alien reference basically right. and like i don't know it just felt like Oh, some of, like, the too edgy for you zombie stuff that, like, has come, like, out of Walking Dead and stuff. I don't know. It just, it just didn't sit right with me. I wanted Tess to have, like, that cool, like, hero moment isn't the right word, but, like, I was kind of hoping they would, you know... A good send-off. Yeah, like, have, have have a good send-off. And, like, I don't know, it just... It was really weird, and it just didn't feel, like, thematically or tonally, like in keeping with the series even mm-hmm. or um, her character like yeah she or her just character stand just, there and let it happen you know yeah, like it was it just, just like and i mean it would have been a little bit different for me if like maybe it showed her like starting to turn more and then like maybe her having like the tendrils come out or something like they could have done more with it but the way they just had it be like the kiss and then that was it like and then just cut mm-hmm. to outside in an explosion like i don't know it just it just really didn't work for me like i think this is the first thing that like i've actually had like a really negative reaction to the change for um I'm almost everything sure. else i'm either like neutral on or you know think is a cool change or just a different perspective but like this one mm-hmm. i a very strong negative reaction to this change i'm just i'm gonna say my piece on it real quick because i could talk on yeah. it all fucking night um Go. but it it just really fucking sucks that you have this strong badass female character you know the first scene you have is her getting her ass beat and she's just like you know what? no i'm gonna take care of it right and then her last scene is her being terrified and getting kissed and just like 
them sexualizing in a way this character just felt it it just felt like they added it for shock value right like it yeah had that, that, that's no, the same thing it felt like to me like it didn't yeah. it it didn't feel like i said didn't feel like in keeping with the stuff the series usually does i um i want to believe that there's like a deeper like i was trying to go through it a big theme of this episode is her kind of wanting this closeness from joel that he won't give her or i think um you know there's clearly like the the relationship there is is not what i think she wants it to be or or maybe even he wants it to be or is willing to give and i i thought like you know maybe they're doing something with that like in in this like physical closeness with the infected but i i think if you're gonna do something like this it i don't want to say like it you know people complain when when things lack subtext or uh subtlety but i think it needs to be a little bit clearer what you're going for because uh otherwise you get this reaction of like why is that there because what else are we supposed to believe really other than than shock value right Um, exactly and that's kind of where i'm at and also there's this great piece that uh that was on the washington post uh in their launcher division which actually just got shut down unfortunately on video games but there was a great piece talking about this and like okay, maybe it's symbolic for, like, you know, kisses can represent a lot of different things in media. There's, like, the Judas kiss, which is betrayal. Then there's, you know, a non-consensual kiss, a consensual kiss, etc., etc. But the point of this article was maybe this was not the time to play around with symbolism because mm-hmm. it kind of it, it's kind of a gross moment doing it this way. And for me as well, the more I thought about it, what was frustrating about this is I do like the change of it being the infected instead of Fedra agents. I do think that works. And that adds a sense of urgency for Joel. It adds more because that's something that's always been on on my, I can't even talk on my mind in the game, right? Is, oh, it's a few Fedra agents. Joel's an experienced shooter. Like, I don't know. Maybe I could take him on. Maybe I could kill them. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could fight them here. It's like, no, there's no time. Joel, you don't have room to argue. You don't have time to argue. You need to take Ellie and Gabby here. I like that as a change. And then that moment just completely, yeah, mm-hmm. wrecked it. Um, I, I will say that I, afterwards, I kind of read a lot of articles about it, and um, I think some people were speculating like there's there's a theme there, right? Like, you know, like I was saying earlier, they 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 kind of touch on uh, Tess and Joel's relationship. Um, pretty often pretty consistently throughout the show and then like at the end it all kind of comes to a head and it's like you know Tess makes a comment like you know I've, I've never asked you to love me or you know have feelings for me uh essentially and um you know Joel in that moment in you know knowing this is going to be his, his last time ever seeing her um and he doesn't kiss her you know and I think um you know of course it happens that way in the game so so there's people are speculating that you know the symbolism with joel not kissing her and then you know you have the runner that's kissing her and it's just like either way it fucking sucks right like it just doesn't work yeah Yeah, if that's what they were if that's what they were going for it wasn't established enough Mm -hmm. or communicated enough to make it work. and even then i still don't really like it like it would be better than what i think it is now but like just it also i'm still not i'm still not a fan of that change like i was really hoping you know we would get like you know i already made a crack about oh we're not getting a big action scenes but i kind of wanted tess to crack some heads a little bit uh at at the end especially since since in game uh what happens to her happens off screen Um, exactly 
the last thing I'll say on it is it just like also didn't feel and I, I, I have a point where like I know red letter media what can like break down every what they call you know what you call people would call a plot hole like I don't tend to overthink shows I tend to take things that they're presented to me because um, you can look for you can pick things apart uh, till the end of the day um, but this one also just stood out to me like it doesn't make sense within the context I feel like of what they've established how the runners work and how they infect people. You know, we see them in the first episode just frantically chasing. And I think even the old lady was biting someone's neck and the tendrils were like going in through the bite and kind of connected to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, the that's, a, that's the same there. thing I was thinking. Like, is why, like if, why if they... you know, so if it thinks she's infected, why would it even attempt to affect her? And if it's attempting to infect her, why would it do it with like a slow kiss? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It just doesn't I, I, like, and like I said, if there's a reason it wasn't established, it doesn't make sense. And also, like, that infected, they made look like, it was more like a stalker than a runner, but, like, they haven't fully established the rules for the different types, and, like, it had more of a presence than, like, even the clickers, which annoyed me because it was just, you know, a runner and part of a horde, too. Like, I don't know, it's just, yeah, just, like, some, some of the, yeah, it's just, sorry, (laughs) I'm repeating myself, it's just this weird blend of, like, Mm -hmm stuff from several different types of, like, zombie stories that I'm kind of glad that, you know, The Last of Us as a series has stayed away from, and it unfortunately made it into the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the last thing I'll say as well. I just rewatched Alien with a friend who had not seen it before. They they liked it. And it's like, if you're going to play around with themes, you need to commit. You really mm-hmm. need to commit to the symbolism and something like that. It's not something that like, oh, I'm going to dabble and experiment a bit. Yeah, because it's up until this, it's, you know, it's it like it's I don't want to say it's like the deepest game or the the deepest story, but it's really about that. It's all about that relationship between Joel and Ellie. It's not right. uh, alien where it's like sexual symbolism, phallic HR. Right, like, right. Right. It, it just it it's weird in the last of us universe. Um. I, I mean, yeah. So I, that aside, it sounds like everyone enjoyed the episode and is enjoying the show in general. Um, mm-hmm. Any of you guys have any final thoughts you want to put out there before we wrap it up? I, I did Pascal think it was is the best. That's it. That's all I got. I did think it was cool that the lighter was Sam's lighter from Uncharted Four. Um, that was a everyone cool was little... saying that like nobody would have picked that up, but I one of the yeah I saw it I saw the Uncharted movie in the theaters, and they try to make the lighter a really big thing in the movie. Oh really? Yes, they yeah. do. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, it's like this big thing. It's like the it's like the Han Solo dice uh, retro. Like the lighter is like the key to their relationship. <laughs> so, just how long did it take you to watch that, Jeff? Uh, the Uncharted movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw it in theaters. Oh, I thought I thought that was one of the movies that you um, had to like watch in parts. Like, no, oh, this, no, this that was, was Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion. World. We don't, we're oh. not even going to dedicate two <laughs> seconds on this to that movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I get to put on my hater hat for that one. <laughs> um, but no, just in closing thoughts, I mean, overall, um, nit- nitpicking aside and then like critiquing a couple of things here aside, like I am really enjoying it and I'm very eager to see where the rest of it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure. loving so much about this as an adaption. And I'm also very curious with the upcoming episode because a lot of journalists who got to see the full season have said this is one of, if not their favorite episode uh, mm-hmm. out of the entire season. So I'm very eager to see what and, we got there. And like the couple hints of what I've heard the next episode is going to be has me very excited as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think it's going to flush out things in ways that I, I was hoping they would with the show. And I think, it, I think it's going to flow better in a show than it would in the game. So I'm really excited for the ne- the next episode. Um, and yeah, I mean, aside from the ending of this episode, I'm still really enjoying the show. Um, I just hope they don't lean too much into like the kind of like, you know, horde stuff and mm-hmm. weird zombie stuff that they, they've tried to do in a couple episodes. I want to see a bloater tear someone apart. <laughs> the bloater's coming. I can't, I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was uh, fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining. Uh, we'll be back again uh, with a cast to be determined next week for, for episode three, of course. This will be a weekly series. And our uh, weekly gaming podcast airs every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, but until next time. Uh, my name was Jeff. This was Brett, Justin, and Sam. This was SDGC After Hours for The Last of Us, Episode 2. And kindness costs nothing. Take care. <laughs>